podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, listeners, this is the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod 172. Wow. Sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. And that's a Vector with a K. And there are some FYP and Vector with a K t-shirts available on sale right now. Go to t-shirtmonster.com forward slash FYP to check them out. We're also sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, good. Well done. That was that was good. Perfectly in sync. It was perfectly in sync. Um, and those voices are Kevin Days. Hello. Andy Streets. Oh, hello. And Travis Endicott. Hello. Uh, chaps, it's another pod. It's another week where Palace haven't won a league game. And it was possibly one of the hardest ways to lose a game against Liverpool. But my first question to you all. One, how are you? I'm all right. We're still in the Premier League. Fine. And two... That's been the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Good. Best season ever. Which we'll come on to. And two, was it a penalty? Well... Dun-dun. The fact is that no one is in agreement whether it was a penalty or not, even after umpteen replays. It shouldn't have been given, full stop. Whether it turns out there was a touch, he clearly was trying not to commit a foul... Ben Teke was looking for it. I don't blame him. You'd hope that our players would do the same thing. Unfortunately, that's the way football's going. But the ref- I've never seen a referee being so overruled like that. And it's just, I think it's significant that the referee was still in the ground two hours after the match. It's, I, all I'm, I, I've got a mate of mine's a Premier League referee. And I just, you know, technically these things don't happen. But we'll be getting three or four soft penalties before the end of the season because you just know that the, the assessor will have had them both in. After the game, and just said, "Why on earth were you given that decision? Why, yeah. why was he the, the assistant refs? I know we always moan about assistant refs giving them help, but mainly the assistant refs are there to point the flag in the way the direction the referee tells them to. Yeah, that's what they're there for. They tell us to which way throwings are going and, and whether someone was offside or not. For the assistant ref to overrule the referee, who was given a, and not only was he given a goal kick, but he's admitted afterwards to Delaney that he was given a goal kick, and he didn't think it was a penalty, but he trusted the assistant ref." It's just you can't give a you simply can't give a penalty in those circumstances. But doesn't the referee just, in that instance he undermines himself already by doing that, doesn't it? It's the referee's job to make his decision. The linesman's there to help him. If he's made a decision, that's his decision. Yeah. He's the one in control. Yeah, and of course he, secondary. He's, exactly. he's right. He's right to go to the assistant ref, but he should be saying to the assistant ref. Yeah, and the thing is as well. We should at least be going up and standing right next to him and having a chat before he decides to turn around once there's a it, it, barricade of Liverpool fans in front of him. You've got an assistant ref, yeah, he's, he's basically the assistant ref is Tony Sharp to Liverpool. And I'll get, I'm so crap, I've got nothing against Liverpool, I've got nothing against Benteke. That makes one of us. Well, but all those, <laughs> all those Liverpool fans this week, apparently you're not allowed to question the decision that goes for Liverpool, implying that they wouldn't be shouting and crying to high heaven if the same thing happened to them. And the fact is, I don't think the assistant ref would have given it up the other end, simple as that. He's in front of the Liverpool fans. He wants to make himself a bit of attention. He's been taken off the Premier League list this week, which indicates that they think he's made a mistake. It's just all the circumstances were wrong to make that decision. You could, no, neither of them could be sure. In How which can case, the linesman see from where he is? The ref actually had a good position. Surely he would have seen a much clearer what he thought had happened. The ref knew what he How thought. How can the, the linesman get to see that? The ref gave a goal kick. The ref, the ref should be saying, unless you're really, 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 really certain, I can't give this. And obviously the assistant ref said, I'm really, 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 really certain. By the way, you're beautiful. <laughs> But it's just, 
And I wouldn't mind because normally you'd be saying, well, Delaney shouldn't make the challenge, but he tried not to make the challenge. He tried yeah. not to go to ground. He was deliberately not. Well, if you say, I mean, oh, I guess yeah. you've all seen the replay, the slow motion replay. I mean, there is minimal it's, contact. It's still from it, to, to me, it looks like uh, Ben Teke's been running, looks at Delaney, right, he's coming in for a challenge. Let me start throwing myself down. Yeah, Delaney yeah, yeah. pulls out of it and he's already going down anyway. And that little flick of the foot, if he was still running, he's six foot three yeah. and he's a beast of a centre forward, one of the biggest in the Premier League. No way would he fall down off that if he was still on his two feet and had his momentum. Yeah. He's already made his legs limp and tried to fall over. Therefore, that big. Well, it's just the tiniest graze of the foot. And yeah, he's, he's falling straight to ground. And like Delaney said to the referee, the physicality of that match in general, yeah, that wasn't enough to warrant. Some of yeah. the tackles that were going in, there was a couple, couple... There was one from Flanagan against Balassi in the first half, I think I remember. Mm-hmm. Sacco went in for a two-footed challenge. There was one on Wilf Lallana. in the second hand. And second half, where Wilf got taken out by a corner flag and they got a free kick given against him. Yeah. So there was, was so many crazy. There were so many bad challenges being put in during that match most of our Liverpool players some by us retaliating but that was not a penalty in the last minute of the game it, it, it's just uh, I don't think it's a penalty the I think it should have been awarded yeah in fact it's the last minute it should be neither here nor there but in terms of game management unless you're really sure let, just give the goal kick everyone goes away with a point no yeah. one's unhappy Flanagan's going to hurt someone he's a thug Oh yeah, he's he's setting out to hurt people, Flanagan, without a doubt. In the same way, in mitigation, that it must be yeah. difficult for him to see with the eyes so close I, together. I agree. So <laughs> he's probably the, missed time and stuff just on account of that. The, the whole ear, <laughs> the, the ear weight thing as well. Yeah, sure. But yeah. yeah, but we we were getting physical and let's not kid ourselves that we're not a physical team. We can be a physical team, but it's just you, it's just so frustrating. You just can't you just can't make that decision on those grounds. Well, not only that, but you can't make it and then unmake it. It's, and and all, I, all I can say is that I, I genuinely hope that you know, we, we've got to get a couple of soft decisions because it's just getting ludicrous now. With that challenge happening yeah. in the first 10 minutes of the game with the penalty you've been given? No. Exactly. Well, well it if it had happened anywhere else on the pitch, yeah, it would have been yeah. given. Exactly. Well, possibly it would have been more likely to be given. But, and, but the sad fact. So I think it would have done. The sad fact to modern football is that if Benteke hadn't have gone down, his manager and the rest of the team would have said to him, What are you doing? Yeah. Why don't you go down? That's what forwards are expected to do. And, and let's not kid ourselves that Adibayor wouldn't do the same thing or Wickham or Wilf. Because a lot of teams would have had the same conversation about Zahar when penalties have been given against. But it's um, just consistency, it, isn't yeah. it? Because we had the West, West Brom a few weeks ago, two, st- what I would call Stonewall, certainly the one on Dan, but the one on Blassie as well, two very clear penalties. And it's, I guess it's just it's the same thing we come back to week in, week out. You just want consistency from officials. And well, it's another example the, of not the, that. The difficulty is that you want consistency. But people always want common sense as well. And the mm. fact is, they're two opposite things. You can't have consistency and common sense because it's the opposite. Common sense is not being consistent. Common sense is doing something against consistency. And, and even in that, the Tottenham Arsenal game, Michael Oliver, I thought, had a brilliant game. He had a really good game because basically he let both sides get on with it. But even he didn't book. He should have died. should have gone off for a second, a second yellow. So again, all you're talking about is, is the one mistake he makes in out of 90 minutes of football. The fact is that Mariner, it wasn't one mistake. Mariner, this... Mm. The referee, and every team says this, but the referee has been so erratic for us. And again, but you could argue that you know, our second goal at Sunderland, you could argue that, as Allardyce did, that Dan was found yeah. in the centre-back. So, I think this season in particular, I think officiating has been poor in the Premier League, all over the place, not just for us. I, I think it's I, been a real mixed season. I, I don't like to agree because I'm, it's then people, <laughs> the door is open for people who want video replays in, which I think will kill football. But if referees keep doing that, 
you, you, it makes it harder to argue for. But it wasn't just the referee on Sunday. It was line, mm. the lines in the first half, on, sort of down by the Homesdale and the and the main stand. Was making some, there was an offside, wasn't there, that he missed? That was about four yards. off that we could see from behind the goal, let alone from. Oh being yeah, my family are moaning about that. In line with him, so you know, it's not just referees. They have a fish uh, lines from there to help them, and as we saw on Sunday, not just with that, with the penalty as well. They're not getting the right or the correct help as well from that. So it's yeah. it's across the board, isn't it? What I don't think we should be doing is getting the petition up. No, yeah, I saw that today. To be yeah. honest, because uh, my Dermot Gallagher petition didn't work <laughs> all those years ago. So that's slightly embarrassing, that petition, and I hope it was done in the spirit of fun. But mm. it, it, I'm not sure it, it was. It, these things do, well, they do even themselves out. We'll win the Champions League next year on penalties, but we will get, we'll get a bit of luck. We'll get a bit of luck we haven't been getting. We're in an astonishing period. Of, it's like the lady said today, it's just, you know, Wickham getting injured again, the two goals against Sunderland. Just all sorts of little things. We're in an astonishing period of bad luck, and it all. Well, that it's 12, was, 12 games now, isn't it, without without a win in the league? Yeah. Did we did we deserve? Did we do enough on Sunday to get a point, you know, or a win, regardless of those? The, the, I mean, we haven't even talked. Well, it was basically Garland. Alan Pardew in a match, wasn't it? We overperformed against a team probably better than us for you know a good good part game. of it. Then completely collapsed and lost all confidence, <laughs> despite looking completely bullish earlier on. I mean, if you well, were going to pick one, one match, I'm being against ten men. We then lose confidence. Yeah, in and, the best and, position you could possibly be in. Yeah, well, why so what, well, I think, I think first of all, you have to. I mean, one of the reasons I genuinely don't think we're going down is because we're we're not playing badly in recent weeks. But what's happening again is what we talked about last week. Is that you know the midfielder right? Jedinak had a much better game considering we were all retiring in last year. Jedinak played well. We're scoring goals again, but it just seems that we can't get all three elements or four, including the goalkeeper, right at the same time. When that happens, we will be fine. You, you don't have to look at. I know Liverpool underachieved, but just look at their bench. Look at the players they've got. That's a really top quality side. And for the first hour, we were a better team than them. And then I think Klopp mentioned it's the best bench he's ever had. As a manager. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing bench. And you know, a good manager, the team on the up, looking to win the Europa Cup, looking to finish in the top four. So that performance was really good. But then you can't legislate for a goalkeeper who shouldn't have been playing doing that. And it's just I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. You know, the people who want Pardew sacked, I, f- I think, are wrong, and I think Pardew will stay our manager, hopefully, and will be our manager in the Premier League next year. But that decision was mystifying because Julian's been on the bench for the last however many games. Why? Why would you do that to him? Why it came across to me as almost obstinacy. I, I, it's almost Arsene Wenger's type obstinacy. Mm. But if McCarthy had been on the bench, fair enough, you'd go, all right, he doesn't fancy. Uh, Julian, he thinks he's too small, whatever. But for Julian to be on the bench and therefore good enough to come on, and then not to be on the bench, it, it it's just to bring a goalkeeper back who was dropped because his confidence was gone because he was making mistakes. And it just I thought it was overly harsh as well on McCarthy to put him in the firing line when he's I, had such a thought, t- turbulent and torrid time to start with at Palace, I, and then you put him into such a pressure cooker situation. You know, the, the mistake isn't his fault, he no, slipped out. That, that can happen to well, his fault. We didn't do it deliberately. But it, but, well, yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah. But I mean, that you do wonder what's now going to happen with him psychologically. I mean, he looks like the lion from the Wizard of Oz at the best of times in terms of his confidence and you know mental disposition. And you do wonder what that particular mistake is going to do to him, particularly if Pardew now takes the decision to drop him for the Reading Cup game. Which I, but that's what turned the atmosphere though, because if it had been straight away, if it had been Julian in goal, people would have gone, "Our oh, legends made a mistake." But Julian would have started lifting everybody up. And, mm. It, we would have got behind him, but it was just like everyone was just so stupefied by 
by what he'd done. And I think there's an element of sympathy for him as well, because I say it wasn't deliberate, but it's just like that was it kind of and once again it was like the Bournemouth game, he just knew the next goal was gonna be for them. But to be if we if we'd got a draw out of that game, we'd be we'd be really upbeat now. We'd be saying that's a really good point against a really good team. So I don't think we should beat ourselves up too much. But and I presume I can only presume Julian if he didn't put Julian in the under twenty ones last night to get some game time for the FA Cup, then he really is vindictive. If he just put him in the under twenty ones that's an act of malice, basically. If, he, if he's, I mean, that's rubbing it in. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not. We're not clutching at straws yet, but I'm hoping that Julian will start in the FA Cup game. I think we all. I think every Palace fan is. But I think the back four will be as well because the back four will. It's back to a known well, that's quantity, the, isn't that it? That's back to Street's point, isn't yeah. it? A pressure game like that against a against a difficult team. You want an experienced keeper who's played with that back four, and they and Jules. The has. thing is, as well, we shouldn't just put it down to one goal no, no, there no, or no, one slightly no. dodgy penalty. The, the performance after James Milner, who is. Liverpool's engine room yeah. was sent off was tactically horrible yeah. and in terms of effort and work rate was just pretty disgusting frankly and to see you know Sacco and Gale brought on and basically ceding the entire middle of the park to Liverpool for the last 20 minutes and to see the sort of manner in which we approached the game after that sending off I think we've only got ourselves to blame to a certain extent because we invited them on and there was no need to do so. We could have quite easily played them on the break the way we'd been doing for the 60 minutes up to that point, let them try and play in the manner that they'd been playing. But to shift it around in the manner that he did and try and put Balassi up front for a little while and just to keep on making these tweaks that didn't really need to be made, it's probably yet again another example and demonstration of Pardew not really knowing how to change things in-game. Or not being willing to. He's quite stubborn, but you could really, see, when it comes I think you could see... Setup. You could see the logic, in a, in a way, in that he was expecting them, even with ten men, he was expecting them to come forward looking for the equaliser in the second goal, and to leave space at the back. And we know how fast Gale is. And he, they did make a sub, and they took off yeah. Flanagan, I think, for yeah, a midfielder. So they went a bit. Yeah, he brought Carlo Torre. But he, he yeah. said himself he, he brought Torre on to, to keep the point, and Klopp said he would have been happy with the point. But I understood the logic of, of Gale, but the two changes were just. I don't know why he needed to make them because the, the midfield were doing all right for the. F- well, in the Sunderland game, Sacco looked immobile and stuff started flooding down that side. Yeah. And funnily enough, he comes on against Liverpool. And what does he look like? Immobile oh, well, and stuff yeah. starts flooding down that side. The guy, whether it's because he's not good enough or because he's not fit enough, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's because he's not fit enough. Um, he again looked like a, effectively a lost man out there, and you kind of yet again seeing instances where Pardew's try to make changes like for like, you know, take off a man, put on a man and, and not really know what he's aiming at. And it just seemed like a bizarre set of subs to make. The much one I can understand, you know, Kabai was carrying a knock, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He needs to put on someone who's going to inject some mobility and pace in the middle. Much has a fair amount of sort of physicality to him. His technical and ability and isn't bad play, at all. He's, well. he's been playing well. Very well, yeah. I was surprised he didn't start. So. But I mean, every time I think back to the Sacco and Gale double sub, I start getting cross. Yeah, but I mean, well, I think the, the Sacco. I mean, Sacco. Sacco is a championship player, basically. But there again, so is Benetton and you take a chance, and you don't know whether you're going to score goals. But the, the thing is, the the huge difference in the championship in the Premier League is not just in making and taking the chances; it's in the all-round game. You've got to do so much more as a player in the Premier League. In the championship, you can you can afford to carry a couple of people who are just, who are just strikers, pretty mm. much. Who can you can leave one up front? You can you can say to them, "Don't track back." You can't do that in the Premier League. They've all got to be. So to bring a player who's clearly not fit to ask him to do that role in those circumstances it just did seem it just did seem odd. But it's also to do with confidence as well. And, yeah, that's you know, to be, if if we'd won the last three games, 
it would have been a different outcome. So suddenly we see the, you know, 20 minutes to go, we can see the, the first win coming. It's a good time to play Liverpool. And then it's just, it's like Delaney said, it seems like we're cursed. You know, McCarthy does that and you can see them all going, oh, Jesus, what do we have to do? I, mean, I think that's one, one thing where, you know, and it's quite right to say, Palace fans have to be a little bit careful because there's this whole sort of, attribution bias thing going on at the moment where you try to blame everything on one factor mm, so mm. it's all Pardew's fault or it's all the ref's fault or it's all Bakri Sacco's fault yeah. or it's all the fault of Wayne Hennessy's cinder block feet or it's all the fault of Alex McCarthy not being able to put his studs in properly where the truth is every area where things can make a marginal gain at the moment whether it's referee decisions or your manager getting the tactics right or those little bits of luck running for you or the opposition having an off day none of them are running for Palace at the moment yeah. it seems to be this sort of perfect storm of shit unfortunately yeah. The main thing yeah. is confidence, yeah. completely in my opinion. Completely in my opinion. Sacco and Gale coming on at the beginning of the season when we were sky high with fifth yeah. in the Premier League, bringing them on, they did inject things. Sacco scored a good goal against Villa, was it? Yeah. At home. Yeah. He pulled one back and gave Ward the header against Chelsea. Yeah. He came on, did his job. Nowadays, it's not happening. The problem I have is that the only way you get confidence as a team is by picking up points in the league and then getting to that 36 or 37 point mark, which is probably what's going to be needed this season to stay in the league and then the team will just gradually get confidence that we're going to be there next season we're mm. alright the problem is Pardew seems uh, unable to settle for a draw and always wants to win games and the confidence isn't high enough so when you're mm. playing against 10 men you're winning 1-0 you're against a team who know that you're their bogey team anyway and are just generally well maybe not nervous but are just thinking oh this is going to be a hard one anyway we, we can't beat Palace and haven't done the last four games or whatever it's just baffled me why two attacking players who aren't fit come on the field. I even said to you earlier, I would have been more happy seeing Martin Kelly come on and playing five at the back and just mm. holding on yeah. for the last 20-odd mm. minutes. Yeah. It was so important just to get Just to get a win. point, just to get one point. Yeah. Then you push on. You can't push yeah. on by... That, that's going to knock our confidence again. The mistake, exactly. the penalty decision, yeah. it just knocks your confidence back even further. And then you look at the next load of games and you think, where, where well, are Well, then the, you start running out of yeah. games. It's, yeah. not, it's not like we're not used to seeing Palace do that. No. Yeah, the whole season with Pulis when we mm. that's how we won games and we yeah exactly we you became quite proud of it you ground something out you got a we point became we proud did. of our defensive yeah our defensive and work three of the and same holding on to things was, yeah. if we'd have scored that if we had Pulis as our manager that game would have been nil nil until about seventy fifth minute and attacking player would have come on someone like Gale there would have been two strikers up front Murray would have chested it down someone and it would have been a goal and the whole place would have erupted and then we would have held on. You've been thinking about this a bit yeah, too much. We've gone to the pub afterwards. We did a round of posters. It's the whole. But yeah, but we are still trying to win every game that's bugging me yeah, at the moment. Don't play for wins all the time if it's not working. Part, I mean, Pardew did warn us that's his style, mm-hmm. and this, you know, in the end, probably a draw, a win is what you know. It's probably only one, two wins that we need. But you, I think it's probably too late to, to revert to that sort of defensive form yeah, now, isn't it? So. I think. I don't know. Well, that With the players, all right. I mean, it, does, it does come back again to the the transfer window, which we've talked about over and over again. And you could argue it hasn't done Norwich that much good. The transfer window, it hasn't done uh, Sunderland that much good. But just in terms of what's on the bench, you term, in terms of taking the pressure, and somebody said there's a really interesting point I had somebody make on radio last week about Palace. Just in terms of taking the pressure off the the, the bigger players at Palace. You just bring a couple of players in and they can look around and go, all right, they're taking this seriously. There's a couple, there's a bit more on the, the bench. So a couple more players to keep us on our toes. And we, for whatever reason, we didn't do that. I guess uh, that was probably the thinking behind Adebayor, maybe. But but that's not, that one wasn't enough. That's not, 
he was never going to score those magical 10 goals for us. And it's just, as I say, you can argue it two ways because why, you know, Paris probably say, why spend money and wages on players that we might not need again? But we've been reliant on three or four people having a good game. And we just can't get that every part of, the, you know, bits are working every now and again. And we're not looking bad, that's the thing. We're not about a basket case like Villa or, or Newcastle. And there are points to be won. And the fact is, five five of the last six seasons, 36 points will, keep, will, will keep you up. And I think 36, 37 will, will keep us up. Depressingly, think, though, Newcastle and Villa have got more points than us in 2016, even though they are way more basket cases. I know, I know. But if you want to be, the last two seasons, our last 10 games have brought us 18 points. And I know the momentum was different. But it's, it's impossible to believe that we won't get some more points because if we go four more games without a win, we'll sack the manager. Do you think so? He can't. He can't not. He, he, I. Well, he cannot. Well, he can. He can. He can. <laughs> he can not, and he possibly won't. But I think he. I think. The, the financial implications of leaving the Premier League this season are yeah. immense. Season ticket sales are ground to a halt. I don't think us going down and Pardew being given the chance to take us up again. Albeit, I'm also a hypocrite because I'll always argue for continuity, but. Mm-hmm. Does it depend on what those games are? I mean, if it's four hard-fought draws that takes us to 37 well, points. That'll be fine, yeah. No, if we stay up, I don't think I don't think Paris wants to have that decision to make, but he will do if we lose the next four games. I don't yeah. think we will because the spirit is there. You can still see the, the spirit is there. And Steve was saying after the game yeah. on Sunday, would it, will we somehow manage to stay up without winning another game in the league it's, in 2016? It's, it's, <laughs> it's possible, It's possible it? because Norwich, I mean, Norwich have won one in eight, Newcastle have won two in nine, Sunderland won one in eight, and now you're asking them to win four in eight, effectively. No, the bottom four are so, terrible. I so, think I mean, Leicester, I mean, Leicester, did, Leicester did it last year, but it's unusual. Yes, yeah. I, the rest of the back, the, I looked earlier, the rest of the bottom four last year, only won three of the last games. Mm. Newcastle, Sunderland, Norwich have all got to play each other. Please God, Newcastle don't sack McLaren. Well, there's rumours of it, aren't there? I've today. got a feeling they might not, because... Well, he's on the board for a start, and actually seems enthralled to this advisor who likes McLaren. Mm-hmm. We've got Newcastle and Norwich to play. I, it's just, I, you know, I I've, actually I think once we get that first win, I think we'll find. But I simply can't see us not getting some more points. I, don't, I think that's just. I don't see us going down full stop. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. But I, I, there's no point denying the fact that we shouldn't be having these conversations. Well, we're, in, we're in a relegation fight now. No question. We're on the fringes of it. I but think the, we are. the fact is, everyone's saying it's slightly odd because everyone's saying, like, match the day at the weekend, everyone's congratulating Swansea on being safe. Uh, Norwich's manager said, that's it, we can't catch them. And yet we seem to believe that they will be able to catch us somehow. What are Swansea on? Swansea were below us on goal difference. They got the same oh, points. Right. We're only two <laughs> points behind Bournemouth. I think it's my so, sort of the form, though, isn't it? It's just because we've been dropped well, is, so the quickly. Form, the, 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 the form, yeah, but the performances, the performances are much better now, I think, than they were earlier on in that that bad one. We played really well against Tottenham, hmm. and we were unlucky to lose that. But there were some shocking performances. Yeah. yeah. And I think the first half in West Brom, we sort of bottomed out, and I think since then, we've shown decent signs and again you have to look at the encouraging parts of that Liverpool game and we are scoring again and we have been you know Wickham being out again was just really really unlucky as I say deflections referees and these things will turn around and it's impossible to imagine we won't get something out of Norwich Newcastle 
Well, if we don't, then yeah. then well, we then deserve to be in the mess. Whatever abs- mess yeah, we'll be in. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, but I do think I, I, I'd be interested to see what our listeners think. But I, I can't see Paris letting us drift into the championship with Pardew as manager. I just can't see him. I think because the atmosphere is going to be poisonous. But Pardew's, Pardew's career has been a history of going on these runs, and then people eventually going, "He's going to get sacked anyway." He's going to get sacked yeah. anyway, and then all of a sudden he goes on a six-match yeah. winning run. Well, yeah. please God, he does. It's, yeah, but, it's, it's yeah. you know been, been sort of a characteristic of his entire career. I'd, I'd be surprised given the amount we paid for him to come in, the amount he's on a year, and the amount we'd have to pay to get rid of him yeah. if we were to take such a big decision, unless. He's completely lost the confidence of that dressing room, and I don't. I don't know that not being privy to the dressing room because uh, well, doesn't look like it, does it? It doesn't. doesn't no, it doesn't look like it has. But yeah, we've got two American billionaires in the background who will willingly stump up the money to get rid of him if they think he keeps us in the Premier League. So I don't think that's an issue. I, I think I, I just don't think Parish will let it. I think Parish, for all that, he's a really nice bloke, and he's you know full of bonhomie and charm. He, he's desperate for that Premier League money next year. Mm. And but uh, equally, we've got to look at it and say. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we, I want we, this to happen. No, but we're, we're nine points ahead oh, of yeah, the relegation zone. Yeah. It's yeah. 10 with goal difference. Yeah, and yeah. the bottom four, I, I just think that they're, they're running out of games. They've now got nine games to make up nine points and a significant goal difference. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And Norwich have got oh, famous last words. Well, I've, said, I've got this right every <laughs> yeah, single well, season. I was, I was 10 there, matches I, 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 was there, I was there for the lap of honour when we beat yeah, the lap of honour. Oh, Ipswich. would you not oh, give over about that. bloody older? <laughs> but Norwich, Norwich have got a really difficult run in as well. Mm-hmm. And Newcastle, I mean the McLaren thing is really interesting because I, I can't see, why would Moyes want to come in now? Why would any of the top managers want to come in now when they could easily still be in the Championship? And when... I thought Alan Shearer was really interesting on Saturday night because he was very honest about the problems at Newcastle. One of them is the management structure. When you've got basically you've got the chief scout who's in charge of team selection, it seems, and team recruitment, and the manager's a member of the board. Mm. So it's, it's really it odd. Like so, so why would Benitez, Brendan Rodgers, Nigel Pearson, maybe? But you can't see any of the top managers wanting to come in there. Well, McLaren uh, have to vote uh, to sack uh, himself well, exactly, to yeah, his replacement. Yeah. And, and also he. <laughs> However much you think Pardew will cost to get rid of, McLaren will cost you an awful lot more than that. And Ashley's money driven. Yeah. And also Ashley's quite bloody minded. I don't think Ashley, because Ashley will probably take a pump. He'll get as many season ticket sales in the Championship as he has done in the in the Premier League. Well, he's got but, a lot of support. Um, so, so please God, they, they don't sack him. And I, I, it is a big ask for, for. Well, basically, two of the bottoms, two of those three teams have got to put together a Leicester-style run, and I can't see it happening. I mean, there's always one team, isn't there, that does it? And well, there but is, but I can't, two or three. But for two of them to do it, and especially as I say, they've got each other to play, and and we've got Norwich and Newcastle to play as well. But it's again, it's we shouldn't be having this conversation. We should we, be, we be. should be talking about <laughs> six. Or, yeah. With well, this is the point of the season where we should be saying, let's not be disappointed that we're ninth. Yeah. Basically. Well, I mean, it's only two months ago we were talking about Europe, but, but if I've I still can... got three more points than we had this time last year. Yes, and six more points than we had two seasons. We ago. have. People keep saying that, but it's just it's it. I think it's the disappointment of the fact yeah, yeah, of how of good we were at the start of the season. It basically feels like we just sort of almost thrown everything away, and we haven't because if we stay up, then you've not thrown anything away. But it just it's just disappointing considering how good we were, isn't it? Start of the season. Yeah, we shouldn't be talking about staying up. No, is the, is the thing. Can I can I then talk about something else, which is Palace have now uh, let in the most number of goals joint in the last ten minutes of games, eleven goals, and conceded ten points as a result, which is the most again. Um, fairly alarming stat. Have we got any reason, Street, as to why that may be? Is it what 
uh, Travis leads to the conference earlier or is there something more to it? Well, I, I think uh, conference, but a slightly different term for it, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and that's resilience. I mean, yeah, the confidence is at times low, but it's the confidence when things are starting to go against you a little bit that is the really quite alarming thing at the moment. And it's that sort of lack of self-belief that when you've got your back to the wall, you, you're not going to be able to come out of it with a good outcome. And, and you can see at the moment it's going to probably take some form of unlikely, quite lucky uh, late outcome of some sort for those players to start believing. And I don't know quite why it's happened. I don't know whether it's because... Pardew's teams do tend to be of the feast and famine variety and um, because of that you know they're down on the laurels a little bit at the moment but I think you'd be struggling to point to much else I mean in a lot of the matches where we conceded late on there have been arguably tactical errors or strange substitutions like in the Sunderland game where he brings on Sacco and exposes the left hand side and like in the Liverpool match where he brings on the, yeah. the Gale and Sacco double sub and so, errors Sunderland at home and error from Dan and Hennessy yeah Man City at home and error from McCarthy so you can't really legislate for those either can you but also the other thing as well it, it, it's partly to do with the way Pardew plays if you look at the away game at Stoke when Lee scored that brilliant goal 89th minute yeah. if yeah. Pulis was still our manager we would have drawn that game on all because we wouldn't have been up looking for that for that goal it, it's, it's to do with the fact that Pardew is still looking to win games instead of draw them and we're going uh, we're going forward when perhaps we should be settling as Andy Street said earlier set off for the point you've got rather than look for the, the winner that might then leave you open at the back but again it's it's confidence it's the fact that Sacco isn't a natural um, sorry Suarez is not a natural defender in the same way that we've had before that his instinct is to go forward rather than to sit deep it's lack of confidence in the goalkeeper it's it's, it's all sorts of things is it a fitness little, thing? I don't think it's fitness no. I generally don't well, it's think fitness it's fitness of the players that have just been injured and are yeah. having to come in and, but you know fitness generally isn't the problem I don't think Even though we see Kabai never finishes the game, does he? Rarely. He gets booted off the pitch for most of it, to be fair. I don't think think it's a good It's taking Kabai off that thing that was brought up a couple of weeks ago, is he undroppable? I think just bringing him off, that's the sign of... Because I I don't think he's... uh, He hasn't taken... He's the £10 million man in this team, and I think he's the one that should be thinking, Mm. I want to go to France, I need to prove that I'm this guy that's going to get involved and put my foot in and make the right decisions and take the game by the scruff of the neck and set the pace, organise everything. Maybe he's not that type of player, but from what I've heard, in training and things like that, he is. So I think he needs to take some of the blame as well. I, d- I don't know. I said and, but before. taking him off, I think that's possibly something about it because he doesn't seem to put in the effort defensively that he was at the beginning of the season. I do wonder whether he's been told he's not going to France. Because well, he looks like he's given up. I've, something's happened in the last couple of weeks. It, it can't be tired. He's not that old, isn't he? He was, be- no. I mean, he was better. He was better. And Jednak was better as well. And Jednak Jednak was, Jednak, yeah. and considering, as I said, we were retiring Jednak this time yeah. last week. But it's just, again, we can't get we can't get them all having a good game at the same time. And I think it should, should be pointed out as well, I think Pardew did get that fo- line-up of formation at the start of the game right. That was right, I think. Goodbye, Ledley and, um, and McCarthy. Oh, sorry, goodbye, Ledley and Jednak. Yeah. I think it worked. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I, I think everybody's heart sunk a little bit when we saw Jen that was starting. Not but much, he, but it worked. I, well, I don't think. I think Streety is more keen on this idea than the rest of us. But it's not necessarily the starting lineup that is a problem. It's what happens when that doesn't work is the problem. It's what happens when we're one nil down again is the problem because. Despite, you know, it looks like we've got a decent variety of players on on the bench. But whatever happens, we can't change things up for the when we go a goal down. We can't seem to bring on subs that, that can defend it. And when we go 
can get it back rather than we and we can't seem to defend a, a lead when we've got it. There's just a naivety yeah. at the moment, and I, I don't know quite where the naivety springs from. But I mean, stuff like Damo diving in late on, on Benteke was naive on an individual basis, yeah. but we're also naive sort of tactically in how we approach games and naive in how we try to see out games. Mm. And someone made the good point, and I can't remember who it was, so I'm going to plagiarise them completely shamelessly, that Pardew, when his team's winning, gets slightly overexcited about their potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when his team starts losing, gets slightly over-emotional and sort of torn about <laughs> sort of the cause of it and how to get his team out of that rut. And maybe that's a similar naivety in you know, reacting only to the results as they come rather mm. than taking what there is to be taken from the performances. I think, funny enough, mm. Travis mentioned the name earlier on. And the more I think about it, the more I think I may have been wrong about Murray. Not, not just not for the goal scoring necessarily, but just for in that last ten minutes when you need somebody to hold on. Like the, the amount of free kicks he bought us mm. under Pulis in the last ten minutes that didn't always lead to goals, but it just buys you a minute of time it, just by holding the ball up. Takes his, the pace off. Takes the, game. the pace off the game. Puts his ass in the defender. Gets. Wickham surely can do that at times, doesn't he? But Wickham's not. Wickham's but he a, seems to run out of steam before that last ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, but Wickham's more sort of mobile. Wickham's not a sort of orthodox. Murray's a much more old-fashioned player than Wickham in, in terms of yeah Wickham would probably score more goals in the Premier League eventually than Murray would ever have done but Murray's just got that canniness that wise older isn't he older and, and wiser and, and we'll get you friends. like you say we'll get you fouls out enough. we'll con the referee you know we'll put a dig in we'll waste a bit of time and we just haven't sort of got that and when you were soft penalty um, well, yeah, yeah but all of, the, all of the above it's that yeah. sort of game management we seem to be lacking that a little bit which, well, is, which is why again I argued last week that for all that we talked about jetting that losing a bit, he has got that little bit of now, that little bit of. Mm. I think he showed that on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. which he, it's, but it, it's, it will come together. But it, the, the the bigger picture is is then what happens in the close season because something's got to. Well, yeah. we will come on to that, and it is all going to come together for us on the pod because we're going to end part one right there, and in part two we've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Yes, listeners, this is the 5 Plant Podcast. Hey! Pod 172, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London, visit jc-is.com. I will. I will. Good. I love how that's become their thing. Um, question time. We've got so many questions this week, so I apologise already. I'm not going to be able to read them all out, but I've hand-picked as I did last week, a couple of gems. And this first Does one... Does that just mean you opened the first few you found and just <laughs> yeah. decided you read them out? No, I've genuinely gone through and picked pick them, but um, some mm. very good questions this week. Uh, and the first one is from Matt DeVoy. De Hi, De- Matt. DeVoy. DeVoy? DeVoy? Call him Matt. I think that's DeVoy. DeVoy. He tweets some very good questions. He does. Well, he tweeted and Facebook this one, so but it is a good question. And that is, do we give teams an advantage by having their fans behind the lino where they can pressure him as seen on Sunday? Do you know what? I'd never thought of that. But I'd, possibly, yeah, maybe. I'd, that might be a good point. I'd, I do think it would, he wouldn't have given that if that had been up the other end, possibly, but I'm not implying remember, that he was We never had that when, when the away fans were, sort of, uh, were down the other end, weren't they, of the stand, the uh, Arthur Waite. never I really suppose, had that but sort of again, thing. I suppose the, the logic of that would be that we would get a lot more decisions 
when he's the but it's the way the way ends always sort of more vociferous isn't it more yeah. packed out more more a bit louder especially under the Arthur Wayne and room. things have gone down ever since we moved the, the away fans to that end. we've, we've yeah. gone up we've stayed up twice yeah. and we've, we've consolidated it as it's a Premier League team so yeah, I mean if, been, if you look yeah. at the correlation yeah, between that run. Yeah. well it's interesting <laughs> if, you, if you talk to uh, <laughs> if you talk to match officials apparently they have all these techniques and devices that they're supposed to use to not earplugs well, well yeah, they're talking to each other all the time, aren't yeah. they, about what was on EastEnders? And, <laughs> but yeah. they're professional. Really? Well, no, the referees are. They're not the assistant refs aren't professional properly yeah. yet, but they are. You like to think they're supposed to be the best at that. You know, apparently they, they have that. all these techniques for blocking out the noise and whatever. But I think it's only human nature that yeah. you're going to be, you're going to get overexcited. You're going to get a, a moment in your life where you think, oh. I'm going to wave that flag now just to see what happens. <laughs> and I've, I've spoken to referees who've said that every now and again, just out of sheer devilment, they'll give a foul at Old Trafford when they know it's not a foul just to see what happens. We do know that the only ref you know is Grandpa. No, I know. So we do know that every time. Because I did a couple of Chris Foy, Rob Styles. Okay, so we can pick quite from a them, quite slightly a few. They're all corrupt refs now. They're all, they think, they're not corrupt, they're all, they all think. Susceptible. No, they've all got massive egos. Oh, okay. They're like, if you watch a referee turn up at a game and the assistant refs and they're all like little ducklings behind them and their word is... Their Do you think that's, that's the case wrong. now? Still the case now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, the referees of, in football are, are very, uh, in their own circle, are very powerful. They, 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 they're fully aware of the influence they have on the, on the game. And I don't think for a moment any of them use that influence wrongly. I don't think no. any of them uh, are biased. They, they're wrong. But I think it would be... It's only human. You do get overexcited. And I think you Especially if you've got fans behind you all yeah. shouting and asking yeah. for a decision. Because asking, in that situation... In, in that situ- but then again, the, unless you're absolutely sure, you know, it, I think sometimes a referee... A referee must know sometimes that he's made a mistake. If somebody 25,000 people are calling him a dick, he must yeah. think, I might not have got that right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes he hasn't. But the fact is, if you look at the, the, the stats, you look at the statistics they give about the correctness of decisions they're, they're, yeah because most decisions are very obviously easy ones to make not always and, and let's be fair to them players do make it really difficult because I don't know what it's like when Travis was playing but I suppose parents, at Travis's level it? the parents are really difficult but I mean the players it's worse at Sunday League yeah. Palace it was alright Sunday League down in some places there was a uh, a lot of abuse from more than I hear on a Saturday afternoon at Palace yeah. sometimes yeah <laughs> and around kids it's a lot worse no, I don't think it's a the fans, that's more of a superstitious question, isn't it? That yeah, probably. But also, I think, superstition on. I think there was the question about, um, I can't remember who said it on Sunday evening, this idea that ref, the ex-players becoming refs, because an ex-player probably wouldn't have given that decision. But, but like wouldn't the ex-player be a bit more biased around decisions, though? Well, that's a good point. I mean, they wouldn't be. Well, the, the, well, the fact is that no clubs, the, the referees are not allowed to referee clubs that they support. It's so like Grandpa was a QPR fan, so he was never allowed to referee QPR games. Or well, like you said at the top of the pod, we've people now, two days later, are still debating online whether it was or wasn't a penalty. Linda Gary Lineker was tweeting saying it was. People were tweeting him back. Andy Goldstein, the big, big Barney on Twitter. People still couldn't decide. Yeah, people so. really That's because the laws of the game are ambiguous. Ridiculously so. There's, there's no sort of clarification on what sort of constitutes a foul. I mean, it's a trip, an attempted trip, or a lunge or something like that. And... 
What's an attempted trip? An attempted trip, if I put my leg out and you're, oh, it's nowhere near you, but I've made an attempt. Yeah, no, because that wasn't an attempted trip because he attempted not to trip. If you, And then people start talking about intent, but nowhere in the laws does it mention intent. No, that's more for red card, that's it. I mean, if you do a two footed lunge and you miss a player, Mm. you're going to get sent off because mm. but Saka did that against Balassi on the weekend yeah, and, and we've done it and let's yeah, the, the, the fact is over the season we've probably got away with things as well and the, the, and the, the problem the players are part of the problem because the players yeah they will get Lineker will tell you that it's, as soon as you got in the penalty box he left he leaves it he goes around the keeper he'll leave his leg trailing and if the keeper touches it that's his, yeah. his fault and we would expect our players to do the same thing which is why I don't I don't blame Ben Teke because they've all been brought up to do that and they will be, get bollocks in the dressing room by their managers and the other players if, if they, they don't. don't if they don't do that so they call it buying we call it diving they call it buying a penalty so yeah. and the fact that this is why one of the reasons I hate the idea of, of technology because even after all that what do you no, decide yeah. in the end and it's one of the reasons I started yeah. that petition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also I think it'd be great fun. wouldn't it if the FA go at the Premier League go too actually this time I think I mean, got but they've really made a point in that yeah, petition yeah. okay uh, right the next question is from that was a good question for Matt it was a good question um, but did you come to a yes or no in the end was uh, it yes no, to fa- no. then we said no didn't yeah, we well no. you guys were suggesting no the, re- the fans don't the next question is from Upcar Baradia hi Upcar hello he says was Pardew's weird meltdown on Sky after the game a deliberate attempt to fire the players up for a must not lose game on Friday in response to critics suggesting he's Taking our poor on, lying down, or has he actually lost it? <laughs> I thought. Um, I thought. I thought after West Brom he looked shell shocked. I thought after Sunderland he looked ecstatic, and both reactions were probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his to his credit, Jess Shreves, who caused the meltdown, is the most irritating little twat. <laughs> you could ever meet frankly and a meltdown is the only correct behaviour in front of him because so it's got a head that looks quite a lot like a potato yeah which I don't like in a, in well, a football well, I don't reporter like the, the, but that's why he's off camera I was once referred to in the sun as a potato headed non-entity so I don't know <laughs> well, you, 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 you made it when that happens potato headed irrelevance okay but Jeff Shreves would have been sent out by his editor saying wind him up yeah. get a response yeah you know, more or less poke him in the chest and the, the fact is I've always argued that managers players shouldn't talk to the press until 25-30 minutes after the after the game it's part of their Ferguson got away with it for some reason but it's part of their contract that they have to be made available to the TV cameras first uh, and then the written press and then the radio journalist so they've normally calmed down a bit by the time they get the written press but if you're in those circumstances you're being dragged aside by a dick like him Mm. Two minutes after a really, really controversial decision, I, it, <coughs> I don't know if it's hard to tell with managers, isn't it? I don't know whether it's an attempt to wind the players up or if it's just being annoyed. I, I, I do think he looks a little bit under pressure at the moment, Pardew more so than. I think I was thinking about. It, I think if that was me <coughs> in Pardew's situation, I'd have been incredibly annoyed as well, and I probably yeah. would have reacted in a similar sort of way. And I'm the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, so. and it doesn't help when you've got that grinning idiot Klopp down the other end of the corridor. Yeah. You know. who, who doesn't but, want to get touched, though. Yeah, but I don't know, Travis, what was it like for you when, uh, I mean, what would a manager normally do? Were you affected by how the manager's mood was after a game? What Did you notice what sort well, of mood the manager was It affected the way you went into training the next week, the, really? the next day, yeah. I remember that we had the Italian guy I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Antonio. Some games you'd leave and there would... Uh, 
you, you would walk into the uh, room and you'd get changed. You would usually walk on and go, well done, guys, good game. The days he was pissed off, you knew, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't stay. You'd walk in, you'd start to get changed. You'd just be standing there, arms folded, no one would speak, and you could just... You get that, you just go, right, he's annoyed, he's, he's angry, he's pissed off. There, there was no press conferences there, so, of course, you yeah. can't... You don't go home and watch <laughs> match the day and see what your manager said about your performance. And But you could just tell by a manager's attitudes, and it does make you think, but... They can be positive and negative. The way he is will be positive on some players, but be negative on yeah, others. Exactly. I remember who was it? One of our managers. It might have been Holloway or Pulis. Spironi made a big mistake one game, and he went into the room, changed room after. He said, "I, I can't shout at him because he knows when he's done things wrong. Mm. You know, he's the biggest Christian that Palace mm. has ever produced." And yeah, he would just go. I wouldn't. He wouldn't hurt a fly. There's no point shouting him. It's not going to do him any good. But then you have got players like Wolf, who you know. Shouting at them might do him a bit of good because they wouldn't realise how much an effect they've had on that game or decisions they've made. Delaney, I don't know. It's more of a personal thing. I don't think being like that in camera isn't going to affect the team. So that's a more of a personal, personal frustration and personal anger. I don't. Well, think a lot of players avoid watching TV and watching yeah, that stuff yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is quite interesting because he, from what we gather, if he made a mistake, he'd be the first one to go in there and say, oh, yeah. "I'm sorry, I made a mistake." So he's, and he's I'm sure most players really yeah, yeah, that's, Well, that's why he should have been picked in the first place, yeah. and that's. And also from Pardew's point of view, it would have been the ideal situation for him if he had picked Spironi for that game and Spironi had made that mistake. He could have turned around and said, well, I told you, yeah. I don't fancy mm. him. And we all know all these rumours that he thinks Spironi's too small. But that, I still think that sort of decision affects everybody because that's just... Because the other players must be saying, well, hang on a second, why is Julian not here? Yeah. He's been on the bench for... Exactly. And it's not like Julian's done anything wrong. No, no, Whereas, you know, no, if you drop Hennessy yeah. or McCarthy, you can validly say... They've made mistakes. Yeah, they've done yeah. this, whatever. And, and also, done but playing duels is a little bit play, like playing boating or bringing one of the other kids in because the fans give him so much more leeway. They're yeah. not going to have a go at him. They're not exactly. going to blame him for the mistake. And as a result, give you more leeway. Yeah, of, of, of course. Okay. Uh, good question. Next question is from Bill Relia. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. All right, Bill. Um, he says... <laughs> All right, Bill. All right, Bill. All right, Bill. All right. Very nice guy, Bill. He used to be involved with Palace Radio. Very nice. Oh, Very nice guy. Hi, Bill. Um, he says... Why do we continue to water the pitch before games and at half-time? I see players slipping on many occasions, especially Palacio and Zaha when they turn quickly. And, of course, McCarthy as well on uh, on Sunday. Do you think that's something Palace should stop doing? Everyone does it. Yeah. It seems well, what was the grass? Uh, what was pitch at, yeah. uh, but If players are slipping so often, then is it... I mean... I don't... It's certainly not an issue that it was last season with the pitch cutting up, especially down that side. The pitch looks fine. I, I just, one of those things I think would have been mentioned I'd, there'll be a reason why they do it um, I don't it's know probably it's probably to suit our slick passing game it's <laughs> flying a, from uh, one of those diagonal balls from centre back it's it's a good question it's one of those things that you presume professional people in charge of the club would have sort of spotted if it was an issue I, thought, yeah. I, would, have, I would have thought mm. and I, I know players prefer playing on a sort of slightly damp so it's too, it's too dry it's harder for them to turn, but I don't know. That's you get more injuries if it's, it's too dry. Yeah, it's, I mean that is a, yeah, that's that true. Is a, a but it's an understandable question when you've it got is a, a good question, but, but slipping and passing the ball to a. But that was just. I mean that again, like you said, you can't legislate for for that. I mean, it's, those slips it's, happen on dry pitches as well. Yeah, those happen in the the the, you know, the yeah. cage at school on concrete. Slips like that happen. Maybe not so often, and, and, and yeah. not in <laughs> such big Premier League games. And it could have gone to anyone as well. It's just uh, maybe it's, yeah. it's a testament to the luck we're having at the moment that it went straight to a Liverpool player. You know, yeah. it was from and also, it could have gone anywhere. It's, it's also a corollary. You know, his first game back in 
things are going all right up till now. Uh, let's hope I don't make a slip. Oh, I've made a slip. I've made, you know, it's, it's again a really confident goalkeeper would have just dealt with that and it wouldn't have been an issue. But I blame yeah. myself for that goal because I sent my dad a message about two minutes before and after we had won. I mean, on after we won, after we'd gone one up, and then I said to him. What's the odds on us making a mistake? As I click send, oh. I look up. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. cool. And then I sent him a message literally as soon as I press send. Oh my god, I think I've just jinxed this. <laughs> you know, goal ahead in the. Oh, and can I someone think, just confiscate his phone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just, I'll give it to my system before going to the this. ground. I'll give it to him before we I mean, I know you're a young terrorist, but there's no excuse for that. <laughs> you have to Sorry, sit, sit perfectly I still. I, yeah, I just thought I don't, don't do anything. Travis, is it silly consolation? I once had the wrong coloured opal fruit. And that caused women, <laughs> that caused women to equalise. So it's not just you. They've not been opal fruit since 1992. Tells you what are they now? Starburst. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I still love them. Starburst. About one of them. Wait, 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 one of them. Marathon. marathon bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enter the marathon the other day. Don't want to know. That was Nick Hancock's my favourite joke of Nick Hancock. Enter the marathon the other day. Chocolate and peanuts all over me knob. <laughs> right. Next he question. Kept, he kept doing it for ten years after they were Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> Right, next question. Um, that's a good. That's interesting about the water in the picture, but I don't. I think unfortunately, I'm not an expert point. enough to no. say whether it's. But I'll, I'll, everybody do. does it, though, so mm. it's mm. standard. Okay, uh, next question from Stephen Barton. Oh, hi, hi, Stephen. Hello. He says, "I recall Jules had an unspectacular start at Palace, but is now a legend." Fair enough. That mistake against Everton a long yeah. time ago. What first six games he was pretty poor. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Should McCarthy be given the same chance? What you mean, dropped for three years? Yeah, right. Sure. Love that. Um. Jules was a similar age, wasn't he? I mean, players can turn it around, I guess, can't they? But I think if we were... St- oh, I don't know. The generous part of my soul wants to say, yes, he should, but not on not on our time. Not If if we were sixth or seventh, then yes, of course. The fact is, and I think we've talked about this before, I, I can't imagine either Hennessy or McCarthy being our starting goalkeeper next season. I... I McCarthy to me looks like a championship keeper. Hennessy looks like a good championship keeper. Julian, we know is is tried and tested, but he's not getting any younger, and apparently he's small. So I, I don't. I think that's one of the positions that we're fairly certain will be mm-hmm. changing it. But then again, everybody wants a decent goalkeeper. So where do you look? I don't know. But also other. I mean, you know, we aren't the only team that's had goalkeeping errors this season. A lot of other teams no. have errors, and, and maybe it's well, yeah. it's effect of having Liverpool. Is that immediately, yeah. and then the Bogdan's come and made it made errors. Maybe it's the fact that we've had Jules for the last couple of years has been so solid that we just got a slightly higher expectation well, now well, of goalkeepers at Palace. Maybe we should give them the same break that we're giving the defenders. Maybe the confidence thing is affecting them as well. And if they think the defend if they haven't got confidence in the defenders in front of them. They're more likely to make mistakes. You know, we've been giving Dan and Delaney a lot of slack by saying, "Well, they've, you know, they've got no confidence in the keeper." So perhaps that works both ways. I maybe that's know, why Jules should be playing because we know that they probably do have more confidence in Jules. Yeah. Also, I think we should point out this: the Hennessy thing wasn't really an issue when his first few games. I mean, Hennessy's clearly a good goalkeeper and he's well rated. What? Well, he is. But I mean, he's, 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 well, Chris Coleman for a start off. I mean, he's been he's Wales' yeah. first choice goalkeeper, and he's he had a really good tournament, uh, qualifying tournament. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's just you know, if if he was playing for West Brom, you wouldn't you'd say, ah, oh, fair point. He's, he's their sort of goalkeeper. Mm. 
And yeah, well, you, but you, Andy, for the purposes of the record, my lad, Andy Street is shaking his head. <laughs> but you can talk about his save from Shane Long against Southampton. Yeah, his save against Everton. Sigerson last save, minute. Save against Stokes. Uh, save from Sigerson. Yeah. Save at Stoke. That's six. Well, points he already had got. one go in against Sigerson. Yeah, then, but so, I know. But that's six. That's but that's trial six, and error. That one. But, yeah, that's <laughs> five or six points already. <laughs> They'll take yeah. away their three for Villa or yeah. take away their two for Yeah, I know, I'm agreeing, but... Yeah. Yeah. And also, isn't The it trouble is we don't quantify the amount of points that a goalkeeper might have won us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact is, I mean, Nutmeg in himself takes a lot of doing at Villa, and that arguably set, set the tone then once he's done that. It did, but also, I mean, you know, on, on average, you get a couple of mistakes from a goalkeeper a, a season, maybe, depending on who it is, but we've had... More than our fair share of individual errors this season. So, what, is from the goalkeepers? From goal, yeah, from our goalkeepers. I mean, well, I let's be honest. Not, I don't think any of them are befitting. Jules was of a, of a of a sort of top twelve Premier League team. I don't think any of the other two are. And we've had it's, plenty a, it's a position of that needs addressing. Well, it is. That's what I agree, and I think it will be. But yeah, we've had plenty of conversations on the pod in the past about Julian not coming off his line and Julian being beaten at the near post. So there have been times when we've said thank you very much. And goodbye to Julian. Mm. So let's, you know, it's 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 been a long time since we've had a goalkeeper. It's probably Nigel Martin's the last keeper you'd go. We've got a possibly we got a top Premier League goalkeeper. Premier League, I think Jules yeah. certainly. Well, Jules, no, Jules, strides, of course, but you're yeah, right. Absolutely, about yeah. maybe top class Premier yeah. League goalkeeper. Um, okay, right. Final few questions. Peter Hostackney. Oh, hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Says at the beginning of the year, Pardew criticised Warnock. Quote, he didn't do very well here after Warnock said we should sign Austin. Since then in the league, we've played nine games, lost seven, drawn two. Is that karma? Well, no, because karma is not a real thing. <laughs> well, so yeah, I think I think karma would have a tough choice picking between Pardew and Colin in terms of who the nicer person is. Uh, so, the Austin thing, I mean, again, we all said, why haven't we not signed Charlie Austin? But how many goals has he scored for Southampton now? He's not... Played that many games, got injured as well. Got injured time. as well. So, yeah, I think Austin was one of those players I thought we should have got in for. So was Shelby, um, but again, Shelby's doing all right in a poor team. So you don't know. I mean, it would have been nicer. But I'm not a fan of managers making comments about previous managers. Mm. But to be fair, Warnock was niggling from the sides when they about it was it wasn't yeah. I mean it wasn't karma but it was just that sort of pardy hubris that you're going to get that, yeah. and you, you just put your sort of head in your hands when that sort of thing happens because yeah. you know a bad run's about to follow exactly yeah. Yeah. so um, yeah I mean probably kind of invited and yeah, that's, as, that's, as, that's, as, that's as logical as blaming the opal fruits or blaming Travis's text <laughs> blaming pardy for having to go if you say you can't in one sentence say there's no think, such thing as can't no we need to blame something say there's a bad run coming because we're because looking we need something to blame at the moment don't we and we, we can't look at wider <laughs> systemic factors we need one thing <laughs> yeah. to pin everything on yeah. and right now I'm putting it on on, on Pardew well, slagging off Warnock on the radio or something okay. I don't think I think Pardew there's something amiss and I don't think the, I don't think the players have lost uh, Pardew's lost the players I think the players are still fine they still want to play for him but he's to me, he looks like he's lost weight. He looks, he just looks baffled at the moment and bemused. Do you remember, do you remember a few weeks ago on the pod, you were saying, when we were first going through this run, you were saying, we're probably going to be all right, and we probably, we probably are, and then the season we'll look back and we'll be like, why do we worry about that? Yeah. I think now, regardless of what happens, we will look back and be like, we were right to worry about this. It's got too long now, hasn't it? Yeah. It, it has, yeah, and that's why I, I don't understand, and I, don't, and I, I'm, I can't make it clear that I don't want Pardew to be sacked. I think that would be a mistake. But I don't understand why... Holloway was sacked for less than this 
And I understand why everyone's saying, why haven't Newcastle sat McLaren? And nobody in the press is suggesting that the answer to Palace's problems is to, is to get rid of the manager after 12 games in which we've drawn four and lost eight. And, of course, the argument is, well, we're still nine points clear. Hmm. But I, I, I'm baffled. And for me, Pardew is motivated by wanting the England job. And he's further away from it now. It's, it's, um, uh, Guy in the Guardian was saying the other day <coughs> that it's only in December people were talking about him as a viable candidate for the England job, and he was behaving like a dog with two dicks. But <laughs> he's not—he's not a viable candidate for the England job anymore. And I think in—in in that, so he's seeing his ambition kind of drifting away a little bit, and he just looks like somebody who's not. He's just been—he's he's always been bullish, even when he's losing. He tends to be bullish, and he's just not. He looks lost a little bit at the moment. But and I still have more confidence so do I. I during think, this part of his uh, yeah. Palace reign than I did Warnock. I think no, absolutely. And again, yeah. I can't stress enough that I, don't, I think it'd be a mistake to sack him. What I don't understand is why more people aren't saying that should be an option. And why, like you said earlier, when I said if we lose four more games, and you still said why would we sack him? So yeah. you talk about losing 12 games and drawing four out of 16, saying why would we sack him? It's like, well, it's we're... We'd be bottom of the League Two yeah. in current form. It's we're, the worst, form. We're, the, we're currently the worst team in the country. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, but imagine how fun it'll be if we stay up while yeah, being I, the worst well, team in the country yeah, in Well, oddly enough, I can't I, wait for that. I, 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 you know, you know, Gaz, my mate Gaz, the Hamilton man with the beard, he's happier now than he's been at any point of the season because he knows where he is because he's enjoying <laughs> yeah. it because yeah. it's back to being players. I, I understand that. And a lot of people feel that way, but if you look at it objectively, any other team would be talking about sacking the yeah, manager. It's would. simple. So why aren't we? I don't well, know. I I think it's a really good question. I think when I you were know. looking and at it us... It like the transfer window, you could... Uh, Norwich uh, trusted their manager with a lot of money in the transfer window. We didn't do that. You could argue that's a, a, an odd sign. Sunderland trusted Allardyce with a lot of money. Newcastle trusted McLaren or, or Graham Carr, whoever, with a, a shed load of money. Yeah. Everyone bought players in, except us and Villa. It's just... I'm just amazed that no one's talk, talking more of it as, as an option. Uh, than they are basically I think because we're not in mathematical danger at the moment and I doubt we will be barring any sort of miracle and because whereas under Holloway we looked like an absolute basket case and an inevitable relegation candidate and pretty terrible we, we there have been moments in this run and we've spoken about it earlier in this podcast where we've actually put in some okay performances mm-hmm. it's been very small margins all over the place that keep on going wrong in sort of consecutive matches and yeah that's not that's not you know to condone what's happened or to justify such a bad run but I think it would probably take a collapse in the performances as well as yeah, the I, form um, I don't disagree with any of that because we've seen the, the, but the difference is we've seen us play what I'm saying is that people who haven't seen us play you'd, you'd look at you go five games at home all season and he's not mm. there's not in any danger mm. of losing his job that's mm. I find that slightly strange and if you want to sell season tickets we talked about this week in week out we can't do that next season we simply can't the home form can't be the same next season well I'd quite like to move well, seats so I'm quite cool with the, the thing they're doing well, at the moment to play so badly I think that's really quite and we get extra, extra games in the championship exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. get to park closer yeah. to the stadium yeah. the pauses will be quieter yeah. they'll have to lower yeah. the prices a bit I, I can only yeah. see positives coming from this but something Ivory's got to be given a lot of money to refresh the whole team or they get a new manager it's, it's all, I'm just talking about the sheer economic logistics of it all and the fact is with any other club we would be talking about Arsene Wenger's 
half of Arsenal fans won't finger out. Mm. Yeah, they wanted that for a decade. I know, but it's, you know, and they're whatever they are, third in the league, still, yeah. still in the Champions League and still in the FA Cup. Is it because he's a Palace <clears throat> former player? Cult, I, think it's because, I think it's because he did really well. I th- we're giving him the credit he deserves because he did really well in the second part of last season and the first part of this one. But it's not a blip anymore. It's not. A, you know, it's, it's all very well for him to say, "Well, this is the first time it's gone back, gone wrong." But it's like, it's not because the last six games of last season we lost four on a spin before winning mm-hmm. the last two. It's the third and, of the season, and now. that's. I mean, third that's, of the season. Your dad is yeah. a big. You know, James was yeah. you know, really talked about momentum going into the season after that, and he's and he's right because. Yeah. Whatever happens this season, and I think we will stay up, and he'll still be our manager. But we're going into next season. Suddenly, if we'd finished seventh, eighth, players are going. Yeah, I might go there. Mm. And now players are going. Oh, yeah. Why would I go there? I might mm. as well go to West Brom. I might as well go to Swansea. Mm. And again, all that sort of feel-good factor disappears. And it, it's it, somehow I still think the Americans are to blame. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't put my finger. Can't blame something. Yeah, but it's uh, it's, it's it's yeah. And I, again. They're one of the reasons that I wonder, it makes me wonder why Pardew isn't, isn't more under threat because they've got no emotional ties with Pardew whatsoever. Mm. They're in it for the money. I don't, I'm sure they are nice billionaires, as Steve Perry says. I'm sure they're lovely. And I'm sure they're philanthropists, but they, you know, if, if the deal had been done six weeks later than it was, I don't think they would have done it because at the moment they're not getting a lot of bang for their buck. No, yeah, and again, I refuse to believe that they're only in it to refurbish the half a weight stand or the main stand. They're not well, it's going to look very nice in the championship. Well, I'm sure it will do, but they're not in it for that. And they, you know, they're not emotional when it comes to. They're going to be asking questions of Parish. I'm sure they are about their investment, and that's why that's why I'm I'm not as convinced as you are that Alan Pardew is on safe ground. And again, I can't stress enough. I don't want him. I don't want that to happen. But I think it's becoming more and more of an option. It's got to be. Well, speaking of options, we've now got the option of going back in time for part three. To uh, well, no, no, we haven't got an option because we are going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I'm, not, I'm not going to go. No, we're not doing. Or, you haven't or, got an option. or the other option is we get another couple of questions because they're going really well and they're good questions this week. No, yeah. we're going to go. On I, to love, part I love three. that you've been overruled. We are going to go on to part three. So part three, all we did have an option. No, I've got the options and I decided we're going to part three back in time. So join us in a bit. Welcome back to part three of the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! Pod one. Stop making noise. Pod 172, sponsored by Vector. Stop. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's been last two weeks since you've been off. It's been absolutely plain sailing. It's been beautiful. You come back and you make I'm like the Connor Wickham of the pod. I come in very short bursts, make an explosion, and piss he off. Does, for a few he weeks. does good stuff, though, when he's, when he's playing. Oh. Anyway, Ooh. we are Pod That's 170. It's not very nice. Dude. Pod 172, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Uh, so we had questions in, in, in part two. Part three, we normally go back in time for in this week, but I'm going to start off this week's in this week with a question from one of our listeners. Is it a question from the past? Oh, It's not, but it's, well, it's a question is. about our past, if that makes well, sense. Well, it is a question from the past. Well, it, when they, yeah, it when, is a question. When, when was it sent? Uh, about four hours ago. How do you know it's not a question from the, the future? Oh, that's a good okay. point. Anyway, the question... Well, as somebody said the other day, how come people from the future haven't come back to kill Donald Trump yet? Because they've not invented the DeLorean yet. Because uh, it's, well, it's, 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 it's gone out. Well, no, yeah, but it's now gone out. It's right. gone out of circulation, hasn't it? So it now, now needs to come back into circulation. They need to reinvent it. Oh, okay. Can you anyway. have time travelling cars in? Is it? Have you not seen the films? 
What, what's a TARDIS is not a car, is it? No. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, your theory blown out of the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is... It's like the old days with cooking questions. <laughs> Stephen Hendry. Hi, Stephen. Hello. The sneaker player. I don't think so. Uh, no, his Twitter profile doesn't have a sneaker queue in it. He says... It can't be then. <laughs> Fred West hasn't got a patio in it. it can't be. In. <laughs> oh god! Fred okay. West on Twitter. Right, <laughs> Stephen Hendry, uh-huh, possibly Stephen. the snooker player, but probably not. Says, "How young were you when you went to your first Palace game? If we make Wembley, I'm thinking of taking my son, who's five, to his first game." I think if you take your five-year-old to Wembley for his first game, you're just ruining it for the rest of his life. Yeah, basically. Well, no, because he might not remember. That's true. If you're you've lucky, got, you might not remember. Yeah, get him drunk enough. <laughs> you've got. I, I don't know. It's, it's, if you lose losing at Wembley for your first game would be. I think five is plenty old enough, isn't it? Yeah, I would have said. So how old were you guys? I think that was. I was six. Uh, well, there's some debate in my family, <laughs> and unfortunately, my mum's not with us anymore. So, but my my dad reckons he took me to my first game when I was six. My mum thinks it was my, that the grocer took me to my first game when I was eight. I'm slightly worried why the grocer would have been taking me to my. I think I was I was sick. I think I probably was six. That's okay. that's all right. It, 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 it won't, the five year old's not going to remember. It's going to be all noise. And but I think Wembley would be a bit much for him. I think you might remember Wembley. I mean, you'd be like, Wembley's "When was your first game?" Oh, I don't remember. Oh, it was at Wembley. It was yeah. the FA Cup final. I think I think most kids, unless they're you know, well, also kids are nice. If, if, if we get to the semi-final at Wembley, Ooh. and then he, that's Wembley, so he, he'll then tell everyone he was at the, we won it anyway. How old were you, Travis, when your dad first smuggled you in in his pouch? I think I was five. Scared of the fireworks. Put my head in his coat. I mean, I think we lost three. There was a lot someone. of space in that coat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was. No, that's where the fireworks were. My mum's first game was a good game, actually. I bet your mum. My mum went to the... Semi-final against Liverpool, I think. And that was her first game, so starting on a high is probably a good thing. No, well, according to your dad, your mum's first game is before that because he tells that brilliant story. Oh, was it the Blackburn semi-final cause, playoff? No, because your mum's maiden name is... Eagles. Is Eagles. And Which is James told in my her, passport as well. Yeah, so James told <laughs> her that James told her he'd arranged a little surprise for her with all the Palace fans. <laughs> and when they started singing Eagles, he said, that's for you. <laughs> I wonder you wouldn't not sleep with him after that, would you? <laughs> Basically. But that's so. I've been trying to find a girl called the referee yeah. and wanker for seventeen years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Imagine your mother, if I'd taken Ed to his first game on fireworks night. That'd be yeah. This would be a perfect night. Yeah. Just to traumatise the child. I, I reckon you should take it. I mean, we're not going to make the FA Cup final anyway, and I really hope we don't, because otherwise I'll have to curtail my holiday. But um, if we do, you've got to take him, surely. Yeah, you got. To. Well, no, but Wembley, you might be in the semis. Yeah, we talked about that, but you were too busy looking up stuff on your book. Okay, so but no, it's a good. But if he, could, yeah, but it's. A, I mean, it's a really. It's going to be packed and. No, that's a, it is a good one. The FA Cup final. My, then if we my, win and he thinks it's like that every week. No, but it's not because it gives you. Um, you'll think it's going to be like that every week, but at that age, you won't realise that it's not going to be. And by the time he's halfway through that season, you realise what it's actually like. It's too late, and you can't turn back anymore. Yeah. Oh, and you're stuck with fun. your club that you've been oh. going to for six months. Plus, so it's always better to start like that. And, and, and when you fight, with. everything's awesome. Yeah. So you know, he'd probably, you know, be like, "Oh, person won the FA Cup final. Yeah. Oh, a slide. You know, it's, it's <laughs> going to be much of muchness." My first game was the first of January, nineteen ninety-two. We get home to Notts County. We won one nil. 
Marco Gaviadini got the only goal yeah. of the game. I remember the away game that season. I think we lost the away game at Notts County, and it was still standing, and they had an open end. Oh, Notts County were in the top division, weren't they? Yeah, I was seven years old. Uh, my mum, because Gaviadini scored. We talked about this other night, because he scored in the Liverpool game yes. away, didn't he? When he looked like he was going to be a really good player, and then yeah. But talking about um, Travis's mum's first game, my mum's first game was the Burnley 1979 game where was we it? secured promotion 52,000 people at oh, Selhurst. No, I remember I was there. Never went to another game after that. So <laughs> if that's <laughs> not enough to get you into Palace, you're just never going to be into because football it, or Palace. It ruined it for her or? Just didn't, just didn't just, like football. She caught your didn't. dad with... They were, well, they were courting at the time. So, and it worked, obviously. So it worked for dad, but uh, mum wasn't... Has it occurred to your mum that she might be the reason we're not doing well? Why? Because she's not been we've had, a, we've had a terrible time since 1979. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> well, yeah. one game she goes to, we, it's one of our most famous matches ever, and yeah. she's not been since. No. It's your mum's fault. It probably is. Well, so, yeah. I remember, okay. I remember that night. I think too. I went in my parents' arms actually thinking about it now. Oh. My mum's arms, oh. yeah. I think oh. I was taking oh. to Palace as a baby. Oh. I think I was talking about it to my dad the other day. Oh. I believe he mentioned that. It might oh. have been a, a festival, up. though. You know. I'm welling up. It might have been a festival. <laughs> 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 it might have been Glastonbury. It might have been. Where's the kids? That I. Something happens. I'll be latitude. Okay. Well, it probably was a festival. There was a lot of latitude. Right, I'm dipping into. don't like latitude. Oh, I thought you'd be right up your middle class street. <laughs> no, middle class streets, right here. Yeah. Um, right, the, I'm dipping into the book. I'm dipping into the book. Saturday the 10th. I'm really looking forward to the section between 2008 and 2014. <laughs> so, <laughs> amazing that nothing yeah. happened on this nothing week. Really, I'll be honest, guys, I look, I've researched yeah. that for this week. Nothing happened, yeah. so I'm just going to stick <laughs> to the book. Um, Saturday the 10th of March, 1990. This is a good one for this week, right? Quarterfinal? Quarterfinal to the FA Cup, Cambridge. Mm. Palace on 1 1 0. I know. I, uh, Who scored? Jeff Thomas Jeff. Uh, and Max Rushton uh, you mentioned that he's still bitter about it now I was with him on TalkSport recently he's still going on about it which is childish because only Palace fans should be bitter or twisted about stuff that's happened in the past so it'll be almost exactly 26 years to the day that Palace played a quarter final against a lower league team in well I remember it because we went down there fully expecting to get a uh, ticket off a tail and couldn't so there's loads of us in the pub didn't we play Wolves in 1995 in the quarterfinals when yeah. they were in the championship and we were in the Premier League <sighs> I don't know I think we did in the quarterfinals was that the last I thought it was in the quarterfinals before we got to play Man United in the Could semi-finals I remember the Cambridge game because I was comparing a comedy store that last night and I got rat assed <laughs> in this terrible pub in Cambridge and we were following it by listening to the crowd noises which we got completely wrong but yeah but, but we weren't by all accounts we weren't the better team that day Cambridge got the job done though yeah. we had a real I mean we it was all lower league teams I think on that cup run we, we had a good run yeah we had a good run an Arsenal run yeah yeah, <laughs> an Arsenal run but whereas this year we've done we've beaten all the all the big teams yeah, Reading yeah. are not in good form though apparently so so Reading fans tell me so that means they're probably Reading no we'll, we'll be fine win. we're gonna we'll definitely be at Wembley which is uh, wrong it is wrong uh, for a semis um, okay right one more who did we sign? 10th of March, again, 1994. Was it Andres Rubens? Did he do a signing in the club shop? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, who did we sign for £1.1 million? In when? 1994. From when? For who? Watford. Bruce Dyer. Correct. And First million pound Bruce teenager. Dyer? First million pound teenager. Well, I, I always thought he came through our ranks. £1.1 million from uh, Watford. Yeah. He wasn't the first million pound teenager. Oh, According to City, bought someone st- uh, unless they bought him for nine hundred ninety-nine thousand because they didn't want to make him the first. Trevor Francis was the first million-pound teenager. Oh, says so here first million, first teenager in the English game to be transferred for seven figures. Oh, maybe he was. Okay, 
There you go. Maybe not. Who what knows? What year was that? 1994. A long time ago. Well, maybe Francis wasn't a teenager. He was the first million pound player. I think he was, yeah. But I'm sure like. City paid. Oh, maybe he's the first hundred thousand. Probably the first hundred thousand pounds. Steve, someone who scored in the FA Cup final against Tottenham. Well, I'd be amazed we bought. I didn't think we bought, but I, yeah. It's funny how your memory can play tricks after all that alcohol. <laughs> all right, one more then. Friday 13th of oh. March, 1998, was, was not a good day for Palace. Uh, who was installed as Palace's manager? Terry Venables. No. Right. 1998. Uh, Lombardo. Correct, yeah. Oh, Tidore Lombardo became Palace manager. Last week? Don't think so. Lombardo became manager with uh, Brolin. And that's, go. the, that's the one thing that Goldberg gets upset about when people say to him, you pointed... Two, two players who couldn't speak English but they could speak some English I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't an idiot <laughs> think, think about it out of the three pods that I've been on that's the first on this day that's happened during my lifetime <laughs> holy oh shit god, god. thank you so much <laughs> oh boy bloody youth of today you're oh, not going to lift now miss you. <laughs> right really when Travis comes on I do have to then research yeah. more, recent, more recent ones don't I oh, so, so you never got to you, so you to. never saw Lombardo play then obviously no, no. Oh, oh, I've seen him play on TV yeah. I bet he doesn't even know who Jerry Murphy is. <laughs> he does. He's, he's, speed for enough pods. Speed for enough pods. Good. That's our uh, in this week wrapped up for this uh, pod. In part four, we're going to look forward to well the FA Cup quarterfinal at oh. Reading. So join us in a bit. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Nice. Sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Good. And Vector Printing for all your print embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. And uh, you can buy your exclusive FYP or Vector with a K t-shirt right now. They're available for sale. Go to t-shirtmonster.com forward slash FYP. Why are they exclusive? Because we're the only ones that are making them. Obviously. Um, right. There's still a couple left if you want. 250. <laughs> I think sales have been good. Um, I'll stitch them together and make them one for Enders when he gets back. Right. Uh, FA Cup quarterfinal Friday night. Yeah. 7.55 kickoff. Travis is first. Travis is first. There you go. Um, 7.55 kickoff. I know, it's Friday night. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Thanks. Thanks, thanks FA. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but... Should Jules be in goal on a Friday night? Yeah. I think he should be on in goal on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. a Sunday I, afternoon, I, a Tuesday night, a Monday night. Probably a Friday night as well. I'd, as we said before, I'm, I'm hoping, assuming that the reason he played for the under-21s last night was to give him some game time. It, 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 and Jules could be the stimulus that changes the season. You, you don't know. I, you know. Perhaps Dan and Delaney are going to be much happier in front of Jules. I don't know. It might just be the lift that... Mm-hmm. Everyone needs. Um, Pardew's got a reason. We know his Pardew's been really, really stubborn, and in particular about Julian. But he's got every reason to pick him now. Hmm. But I don't know how. If Hennessy's fit, I think you'll probably pick Hennessy. And Hennessy was dropped. Well, was injured, right? Well, was injured in inverted commas. Inverted commas. Yeah. yeah but I picked up a knock. Yeah. I'd, quick, yeah. I'd, I'd be amazed if. The thing is, Pardew needs a bit of goodwill from Palace fans at the moment because we're more logical and sensible than a lot of Palace fans are and there is... A lot of Palace fans don't think it through as much as we do 
and you know that conversation we had in the in part two about mm. outsiders saying why aren't we sacking the manager? There's a lot of Palace fans saying the same thing. So well, we did we did actually get a lot of tweets this week yeah. asking that question. I didn't because you already asked. I'm, I didn't I'm, ask them, I'm but not people. I'm are not surprised. Of course it. they are. I know that from social media and. Pardew needs to buy a bit of goodwill and one way of doing that is to play Julian in a game that isn't in the scheme of things is a free hit to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. because <coughs> we are expecting to get into the semi-finals but if we don't no one's going to shed that many mm. tears to be perfectly honest and I just think the logic of, of not playing him would be is inescapable he's got to, he's got to play him surely yeah because he, he, he is, again, he can't lose, and if Julian has a bad game, then that's fine. He's got his reason not to pick him. But I, I, you know, you could argue that McCarthy didn't do much wrong apart from that on Saturday. I don't know. But is there any other changes? I'd, I'd, well, I'd like again. It'll come back to what I'm saying. I'd like to see Boating start, and I'd like to think this is the ideal opportunity to play somebody like him because Reading aren't on particularly good form. Their home record isn't particularly good. You know, they, they're going to be worried about Zahar and Balassi. I You would expect us to to come away at least with a, a replay. So I've, I think, it's, again, it's a game we put Boateng in, give him some experience. I think he's the right type of player as well, to be honest. I agree. I'd, I would, I would I'd have Boateng. It's not like we've got Arsenal in this round. They're going to just try and attack uh, us, and we're yeah, going to be the team uh, that are going to have to sit back and defend. They're yeah. going to look and go, right, Balassi's back fit again. Yeah, yeah. fit. You want someone like Boateng, who's like a, a Yaya Toure type of central midfielder, yeah. pick the ball up and drive yeah. down the middle. Absolutely. And spread it out to the yeah. sides and. And from the very, yeah. you know, from what we know, he's been playing in League One on, on loan. From what everyone says about him, at the very least, he's a Championship player. So, mm. yeah, put him in. I'd put him in. Yeah. I'd put him in Premier League games. It's just. Well, you just see what happens with other clubs at the moment. Man United at the moment sticking kids in left, right, and centre. What did they have when they beat Arsenal? And obviously Wenger, this was Wenger's excuse. But they had, I think, when they finished six yeah. youth team yeah, players yeah. on the field. Or six players under twenty one or something, yeah. Yeah. and they bring them through and they do a job. Yeah. You've got yeah. Rashford yeah. scored two in two games and in the space for a week. And yeah. look at the goodwill Van Hal got for it from yeah. four in two first. games. I mean, exactly. Yeah, and because it, it's the first game as like whoever was commentator saying it's it's they can't have a go at him and they, they and they didn't because he's brought the kids through. And, and we talk about it every week on the pod, don't we? Absolutely, we, we, we like seeing players come through yeah, and play Palace on the. And we've had good players that have come through, yeah, yeah. players that have done good things. Yeah, and this is a, a kind of no lose situation. Because I don't think, yeah, I don't think any of us are expecting Palace to win the cup because we don't do that sort of thing, and it is it, it, the Premier League is the be all and end all at the moment. Mm. So this is an ideal situation to put Boateng in, and who knows if he comes in plays well, gives him the confidence, lifts everybody else. Mm. He's got to be an option, and I can't. Again, it's something we talked about in the last two weeks. He had that little glimpse of him at Swansea, and he came on and did perfectly well, and since then. And enough confidence to have a shot and graze the post as well. Yeah, but, just, yeah. Yeah. but since then, nothing. And that's I find that really, really odd. Yeah. That he's not even been on the bench, I think, apart from one game. And I just find that really odd when that's been a position that we're we're struggling in. Yeah. yeah. Would it be... So it wouldn't be, Andy, the uh, end of the world if we lost... I mean, obviously, it's the perfect draw for Palace, away from home, lowest team in it, but... Wouldn't be the end of the world if we if we crashed out, even though we're well, we've expecting nothing, to we've win. Nothing else left to play for this season, and I'd, I'd, I'd be upset if we crashed out. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah not it's the best chance we've had of a Wembley game in the FA Cup for twenty years now, since the nineteen ninety four to five yeah. semi finals. Twenty one years now, um, and yeah, I'd be I would be quite upset if we go out. I've said throughout this season, even when you know we're in the earlier rounds and it looked like the league 
gave more of an opportunity to finish high up and end the season on a high in that respect. I've always said that you know the, the FA Cup for a team of our stature gives a really good opportunity to you know do something that boosts the sort of I wouldn't say the ego of the fans, but just boosts the morale of the fans and just mm. uh, gives you something to crow about a little bit. And I've, I've said throughout you know even when we were coming up against Premier League teams like Stoke and Southampton and Spurs, we, we, we're we're Certainly in this cup competition, and I'd be, I'd, I'd, yeah, it would be the end of the world. It's, it's, I think it's it the summer signing thing as well. The summer signing <laughs> thing as well. We were talking about earlier, not finishing in a few places above what we have done in the past two seasons. Our players going to be attracted to your Swans and your West Broms a bit more. Mm. If the player looks at us and think, well, they got into the semi final, they they got to Wembley yeah, in the yeah. FA Cup, beating Tottenham, yeah. beating three yeah. Premier League teams, yeah, yeah. and that it makes up for those two or three places that you lose out on in the league, possibly. Mm. And the atmosphere on Sunday was edgy enough. I think if we go out to, to a lower yeah. league club, albeit a championship club, but go out to a championship club and then the bad run continues, I think it'll turn into a slightly poisonous atmosphere. So I think yeah. if for no other reason to offer a little bit of respite yeah. and to make people forget for a week, I think a, a win in the cup in a, in a cup quarterfinal would be a good good thing. Well, I think too, fit. I think we know the away fans' attitude is slightly different, so they will get behind them. But I think it's going to be a good indication of how... The players are behind Pardew. You know, if we if we come out there and, and comfortably beat Reading, then people will say, "Fine, that'll give us an impetus." All that. Haven't those so three? Far, haven't the three cup wins since uh, the turn of the new year almost been the reason why Pardew hasn't been looked at as a sackable manager? For think, is, is that one of the things I, that's masked over a little bit? Possibly. Because it seems to be happening at the time we lose three point. games and then draw one and then go in the FA Cup yeah. and then we win. So yeah. as soon as it's getting to that point where people yeah, decide yeah. to ask questions, we go to the Cup, we win, we play all right and we think, oh, this is going to take us in. Yeah. Three weeks later, it's back in the same position why again. Hasn't it, or why hasn't each that time it been transformed into the league? So we all think all questions are the here we go. I don't know. You can only assume that the pressures off them that the atmosphere is different in the dressing room beforehand and you know we were all at the Tottenham game and we all thought as we did a little bit after Southampton Stoke but we you know, we played genuinely played well at yeah. Tottenham and did all the things that we talked about earlier on held on quite comfortably defended the lead broke when we had to massed in midfield got around them all the things we haven't been doing properly in the lead but you can only assume it's because it, it is a no-lose situation to an extent and now my worry is that the pressure is that they will feel the pressure now that they will feel mm. we've got to give the fans something that they'll feel well we're staying up so this is the only way we can especially as it is Reading and, and yeah. a winnable yeah. winnable game whereas those previous ones will be games if we'd lost them no one would yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah exactly and we're going to be the no- yeah, well, that's a, again that's a very good point so, we're, but, we're, um, we're the favourites now not yeah the we're the favourites so. we'll also be the noisy fans yeah. you know, so if that yeah. good okay well that's it for this po- this pod. We'll be back with you, listeners, next week after after the quarterfinal. In the semi-final. Mm-hmm. In, in, ooh. Ooh. Oh, well. you've ruined it now. No, no, I've decided. No, all your stuff. About, I've decided you're right. All this nonsense about karma and fate. Not it's rubbish. Yeah, it hasn't worked. We've been you make your own luck. Oh shit, that's not a yeah, good show. We've been kowtowing to karma and fate for months now, and it hasn't worked. So yeah, screw karma. Yeah, up Good. Karma. Okay. Thank you very much <laughs> for listening. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Keep sending your questions in. And uh, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.